Hey, this is Erica. Welcome to episode six of Teacher Soul Talk. This episode is going to be a little bit different. It's just me coming to you with some thoughts and advice. Um, I'd love to hear what you think of this kind of episode or if you prefer the conversations. Um, I think there's value to both and so I'm just kind of playing around to see. I was originally planning to make this um, a free resource on my website and I decided to just let's go ahead and record it and make it a podcast. So this really comes from I'm I'm hearing so much from teachers and seeing so many posts on social media and everything just about how hard the school year is and how it's worse than ever. Um, how so many things get, keep getting piled on, um, sub coverage, having to cover other people's classes, not having time. And, um, I get it. (laughs) That's hard, you know, teaching, teaching is hard as it is. You know, we've had, we've had so many things piled on us throughout the years. And so I can't even imagine with the added pandemic situation and, um, shortage of teachers. Um, I, I get it. And I understand also why a lot of teachers are leaving and quitting and, you know, everyone has to make the decision that's best for them and their own mental health and their own families. So wherever you're at with that, whether you're considering leaving, whether you're trying to stay, um, it's all valid and it's all okay. And I know teachers especially can, can have a hard time leaving the classroom because you don't want to abandon your kids, because that's what you're there for. That's who you care about. Um, But you're not doing them any favors if you can't take care of yourself and show up for them the way that you really want to. Um, So, so, yeah, this episode comes from kind of observing all of that and a desire to just offer some suggestions on how to make it through this school year, if that's something that you're hoping to do. if you're not if you're not planning to quit, um, and so it's I'm calling it four steps to survive the school year. Obviously, there's more to it than that. And um, first thing I want to say is just that there's there's so much that you're not given as a teacher in terms of uh, preparation, in terms of support, in terms of respect and pay, and and the system itself is super fucked. So, um, in general, you are not the problem. Okay. I want you to know that you are not the problem. You don't need to be fixed. You're doing your best and an impossible situation. And that's all that you can do. Um, yeah. So just give yourself some grace. I know that's, you hear that a lot, but it's true. You need to you need to do what you can to lessen the pressures on you and just be happy with what you're able to get done, prioritize, and take care of yourself. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, then you'll never make it in the profession long enough to make the real difference that you came here for. Change is sometimes painfully slow, and the day-to-day can be hard. So Um, just allow it to be a process that you commit to a tiny bit each and every day. And, and the more that you're able to shift little, little by little, um, then you can build that as you go. So, um, I know it's easy to just want to give all your energy to the kids and give and give and give, but 
you have to acknowledge that you are important and taking care of you is the most important thing so that you can take care of others. Um, otherwise you're going to burn out and you, you just won't be able to be present and make that impact that you're here to make. Um, and so I, again, I can't say it enough. You need to invest time and energy into yourself and you need to do everything you can to make yourself, not make yourself, but help support yourself in feeling good and practice joy and practice all of the things that um, will, will help you be able to stay present and get through this. Um, so yeah, so that's what I'm going to talk about today. And if at any point you're like, I have no idea how to do that, or I need more tools or more support, please feel free to reach out. I'm happy to help with all of this. <clears throat> I'm working on additional offerings um, to, to help you out in these ways as well. So I, I would love to hear from you and I would love to support you in whatever ways I can. So two, the four steps to survive the school year. And when I say steps, they're really just bigger practices, but and, and there, I am going to say them in a particular order because I do think the order matters. And also, they are all ongoing um, and being changed and refined and supporting each other. So the first step that I would recommend is reflection. And I think that a lot of the time we don't take time for reflection. It doesn't feel productive. It doesn't feel like something that um, we can tick off of a box but it's so important because if you're not taking the time to take stock of your thoughts and feelings or consider like what, what's working and what's not working, then there's no way for you to move through them and to get to the other side of them. And it can be really uncomfortable. So maybe you are avoiding it because you don't want to feel the hard feelings or you don't want to deal with the difficult conversations. But you kind of have to, you know, you can't, you can't get to the other side without going through it. And so how you choose to go about doing your, your reflection, it can be really personal to you. Um, and so with everything, you want to choose a method that you can actually commit to for, for short amounts of time at first, you know, like set aside five minutes or two minutes or, um, whatever you are able to do realistically, and then you can build it up. So this could mean writing, it could mean meditating, just thinking. Um, and it doesn't have to be like, I'm sitting down and I'm doing this. It could be on your commute home. It could be you decide to take a walk or while you're cooking dinner or taking a shower. Um, a lot of those times when we are, are doing these things, getting our bodies moving, um, doing tasks that we don't necessarily have to contribute our entire brain power to, it allows the space for our brain to really reflect and, and bring up some really great insights and ideas. Um, so just be open to that and open to just like recognizing what comes up and trying not to control it and just see what comes up, see what, what you're, what you really need to to see what that inner voice has to tell you. And if you are a person that prefers some guided prompts, I do have some of those. So um, feel free, again, to reach out, and I'm happy to send those to you. 
And maybe, you know, maybe you are a talker and you want to talk it out with a friend or a therapist. And those all count, right? These all count as reflection. So one of the other things I would say is just like give yourself credit for the things that you're already doing because you're probably already doing a lot of these things to support you, but you might not be recognizing that you are. Um, another piece to the reflection I would, I would say is to focus on your energy. What, where are you giving energy, a ton of energy? Where are you taking or even just conserving energy? Like if you're just watching TV because you don't have the energy to do anything else, that's fine. That's conserving energy, right? But you want to understand where the energy is going, where it's going out, where's your output, your input, and your homeostasis. And also consider that um, a lot of what we do in our heads, in our in our actions, sucks a lot of energy. So negative self-talk, um, obsessing about things, gossiping, a lot of these things can give can really suck your energy without really giving any benefit. So just trying to be aware of where you're letting your energy go because in this moment, you have to conserve your energy. You have to make sure you're having energy inputs um, to, to get you through so you're just not exhausted all the time. And, and just consider what's working for you and what's not in your teaching and your life and your habits and routines. Um, and again, just see what's coming up. Just write, like don't censor yourself. Don't edit yourself. Just let it come out and see what's there. This isn't the time for problem solving. This is just the time for getting it out of your head, getting it out of your body. Um, and just letting the thoughts kind of flow without trying to control them. And then you can come back to it when you're in problem solving mode. And, you know, if you want to make a list and you can come back to it and recognize like, oh, okay, I was doing this. This wasn't working for me and now I've changed it. So it feels good to be able to look back on your accomplishments in that way. So that's step one, reflection. Um, super simple. You can incorporate it in, in tiny little moments here and there, but just be intentional about it. The second thing I would recommend then is making a plan. So once you recognize the ways that you're giving away your energy and that things aren't working for you, then you can start moving into problem solving. And of course, you're not going to fix everything all at once. Don't try to fix everything all at once. Start with small, actionable, achievable goals. Maybe you need some sort of activity or meditation to get you grounded before you start teaching. I didn't even realize I was doing this my whole career, but I, my, most of my schools, I had a really long commute, 45 to an hour, and I would spend the whole commute just singing, singing along to music in my car, and that is a form of meditation. That is a form of grounding that helped me just like be present with myself and start the day from a place where I wasn't feeling depleted. I was feeling... I was feeling really full and ready to ready to start my day and support my students. So if you like to sing, go for it. <laughs> or there are plenty of apps. You can do a two-minute meditation before you go into the building. Again, small, small goals that you can, you know you can reach. And then the more empowered you you feel as you reach those small goals, then you'll want to expand them and do them for longer and 
see the impacts that it can make. And so I would say, you know, write, write out a plan. Be intentional with the specific steps that you're going to make that'll allow you to make those small shifts that'll make a huge difference. Write it out, set reminders on your phone, maybe you're a post-its on the mirror kind of person. Whatever it is that will help remind you and keep you going, um, but just set up a system for yourself. Figure out, know yourself and what works for you. And also just keep in mind that these might be things that you do, but they also might be things that you don't do, right? Um, so it could, again, going back to the boundaries and saying no, um, which is, again, so fucking crucial to your time, energy, and mental health. So and in your plan, yes, I'm going to do this meditation and I'm going to say no to this, 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 and this, right? Cut this out. Um, so make sure you're including both the things you're going to do and the things that you're not going to do. So that's piece two is make an intentional plan. And then I already touched on this a little bit, but accountability is step three. So it's great to have a plan, but what are you going to do to make sure you stick to it? And if you don't, will you have just wasted more energy making the plan, right? So just make sure you work through what will be supportive for you to stick with it. Make sure it's small enough that you can actually do it. Um, and so that can be the reminders that you set up for yourself. There are apps you can use for tracking habits. Personally, I find it most helpful to have a person who, who knows what I'm trying to do and can help, help hold me accountable and work with me to reach those goals and I mean, so often if we have someone to make changes with us, we're more likely to follow through. So if you have a, a good teacher friend that you check in with, um, maybe do this together with them and you can hold each other accountable. You can help each other with this. And so maybe, maybe you're a person who ends up just going to waste time and gossip a bit because that, you need that break and that's what you end up doing. But maybe instead you can be intentional and plan to meet with that same person you might be talking with, that teacher friend, but be intentional and say, okay, we're not going to gossip. We're going to have a positive conversation or do something that makes us feel good um, together. And so then if one of you starts you know, going into old patterns or old habits, you can, you can check each other and be like, hey, wait. That, that's not what we're doing right now, right? Let's, let's try to do this other thing that's going to help us better. And again, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be super short, two minutes, five minutes, but it's all about interrupting the patterns and creating new habits together and just rewriting what, what your story could be, setting up the conditions for you to thrive. And so accountability is important, whether it's something that you do for yourself or something that you do together with someone else, I recommend together, which leads me to step four, which is community. Um, talking about being together. If you follow anything that I'm putting out on social media or my website, you'll see community come up over and over and over again, because I, I really do believe this is one of the most important pieces and one that we eliminate far too easily. And 
You know, this year is fucking hard and you're not alone in your experience. Too often teachers end up feeling isolated and like you're doing something wrong or that you're not allowed to say no or, you know, especially if you're in your earlier years of teaching, like you have to say yes to everything because you're at the bottom of the totem pole. And that's not true. Uh, You actually, the opposite is true. You have to say no. You have to set boundaries. Um, And so being able to share space with other like-minded, like-hearted educators in a judgment-free zone where you can share your ideas and you can lift each other up, it can be really everything. And again, it can be part of your accountability, but more than anything, it can just be a place where you don't have to feel wrong or alone. Um, and as far as, you know, boundaries and saying, no, that's something that you can do together and decide together. Like, you know, having to cover each other's classes is a big thing right now with sub shortages. And I know a lot of you feel like you have to, or you can't take a day off because you don't want to put that on your friends to have to cover your classes or, um, you know, you don't want to let the kids down because they need to learn but you can't, you can't keep doing that. And so if every teacher says, no, I'm not going to cover classes because I'm going to protect my prep time because this is what I need to do what's best for my students. Um, you're stronger together in that position. And the more, the more we keep saying yes, um, and keep going above and beyond, the more that's going to continue to be the expectation And that's not a healthy or sustainable expectation to be put on you. Um, So it has to, it has to be a part of that. And that is so much easier to do in community, saying no, setting boundaries. I mean, you need to do it for yourself also, but um, as a starting point, maybe you do it in community. So as far as finding your community, depending on your school and the relationships you have, sometimes you can find it in your building Um, I've been in schools where we had weekly happy hours, which to be fair, can be super negative cesspools, (laughs) but can also be really nice and, and fulfilling to, to be with people that understand your experience and just, um, decompress a little bit. Just be mindful of who in those groups you're spending your time with and, and what, what you're putting your energy into talking about. Um, In one of my schools, a few of us who taught in the same hallway and had the same lunch period, we decided to spend that time together, and we would alternate who brought lunch for everyone. So it was great. It was so nice. We got to try different foods. We got to take a break from having to pack our own lunch, and we got to spend that lunchtime together intentionally because you should be taking a break at lunch. Again, one of those things that you need to protect for yourself. And if you can do it in community, it's even better. So find your people. If that's hard to do within your building, seek them out elsewhere. There are lots of places where you can find that community online, uh, including with me. I just opened the Transformative Teacher Collaboration Space, which um, is going to be bi-weekly meetings on Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and it's really an open collaboration space that I want to co-create with you. 
because I want it to be what you need it to be. I have lots of ideas of what it can be, um, but I really want us to work together and create something that is super supportive for you. So that is open. Um, you can find it on my website. Uh, you can find out about it on Instagram or just message me directly. I'm happy to talk with you about it. It's only $9 a month, so it's super accessible. But wherever it is, whoever it's with, we as humans are meant to be in community and to work together. So just work with that nature. Work with what you're meant to do instead of working against it. Being isolated, being alone, that's, that's not how we get ahead. So community, step four. So quick recap, the four steps to surviving the school year reflection, making a plan, accountability, and community. And the more intentional you are about that, I, I really do believe um, it can help help you get through the year. And again, to reiterate, our education system is fucked up. It needs to change. It's not currently set up for your success or a student's success. And the fact that I even have to write something or speak something like this, giving you advice on how to survive the school year is pretty fucked up. The fact that our schools aren't already set up as communities of care, the fact that you're not being given the support that you need, the fact that you're actually the opposite is happening in, in this state of affairs, it's, it's just wrong, okay? Um, and it's not your fault, and you're not the one that needs to be fixed, okay? Um, but that's where we're at, and I do believe in the power of teachers to change the system, and I believe that we're the ones that need to do it because we're the ones that are in the trenches, if you will, experiencing it firsthand. We have the education. We have the experience. We know what our kids need. We know what would actually be supportive, Um but if you, if we're all worked into burnout and everybody leaves, then what will we be left with? What will our students be left with? So I, I believe in that power of change. I believe the teachers know we're the experts. We're the ones who should be listened to. Um, but in order to be present to make those changes and to stand up for those changes, you need to take care of yourself first. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from with this. I want you to survive. I want you to thrive. I want you to be all of the things for your students that you want to be and can be and are. Um, and if all of this sounds good in theory, but you're not really sure how to do it yourself, please feel free to reach out. I genuinely am here to help. And I will work all through work through all of this right by your side if that's what you want. Um, we can build our own community together to be just what you need. So I wish you the best of luck in the rest of your school year. I will continue to be here offering whatever supports I can. Um, and if you have specific things you would love to hear or you need, just reach out. I would love to hear from you. Um, let me know what you think of this episode, if you prefer this, if you like the conversations or some mix. But um, yeah, thank you for listening and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. If you want to see more about the work that I'm doing, you can go to lovemorty.com. 
uh, make sure to put in your name to sign up for the newsletter so you'll get all my emails and you won't miss anything. You can also follow me on Instagram at love.morty where you can see what I'm up to and some honest reflections. And if you liked this conversation, please make sure to rate and review. That really helps me reach more people and see what I can do with this. So thank you again. I will talk to you next time.